You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're We're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. Mic check, please. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Ducks on the Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Jennings. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. My name is John Gordon. I'll be your host. And I'm your host, Katie Burke. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited Podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America. The DU Podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, the official performance dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Purina Pro Plan, always advancing. everybody welcome back to the ducks unlimited podcast uh today on the show i have two special guests we're kind of doing a special episode uh leading up to the federal duck stamp competition i have artists kira sabin and adam Grimm. welcome to the show guys thanks hi thank you so adam has been on the show before he is a two-time duck stamp winner and are you two or three-time du artist of the year at this point two-time Two time. Okay. The canvas backs and the pintails. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) Okay. Well, welcome back. Um, If people haven't, don't, haven't been, know who Adam is or anything like that, he actually was on the show a while back, back in episode 342. So go back, give it a listen, learn all about Adam and his life and how he got to where he is. Um, But Kira, since you are new to the show, I'd like to start with you and kind of give us a little bit of your journey into becoming an artist and bringing yourself to the duck stamp competition as well. So what kind of brought you to this point? Yeah, uh, I certainly didn't expect to get to this point. I don't think. I went to Minneapolis College of Art and Design uh, for my degree. I've always wanted to be an artist. That was my route. But I didn't quite know about the duck stamp until 2019. Uh, A lot of people in my family hunt and my grandpa told me about it and that year I entered, it was the first year I entered and I became totally obsessed and tried to learn everything that I could about it. And then how I ended up here would be, I would blame COVID a bit is when I got on the app TikTok, which a lot of other people did at the time, which felt pretty cringy to me at the moment. Uh, but I just started documenting my interest in the program and the duck stamp in general and people wanted to follow along and it kind of blew up and I've been very passionate about it ever since and somehow that has led me to talking with you guys which is crazy to me. (laughs) So did you hunt at all growing up? So you said your family hunted did you? Yeah I've never had a great interest in it 
so I haven't myself. My little sister did once, uh, but they always have, and I've loved their their stories. How they uh, feels like a it's a traditional event and everything. It's been big. My sister, I grew up hunting, um, but I have an older sister, and she never did either. She never was oh, super yeah. interested in it. Yeah, I think it just some people get the bug, and some people don't. When you were going through school, Kira. Were you doing more realistic work or did you kind of switch over into that with the duck stamp? Like, were you already familiar with that? Realism was always my preferred method. I guess in college, even I had to steer away from that a little bit just because it's such a uh, strict schedule. You don't really have enough time to do exactly what I wanted even. Uh, So just focusing on realism and the duck stamp was definitely my favorite aspect of it. Yeah, Adam and I talked a lot about his college journey and how being into you know, realism in college was not necessarily an easy path. <laughs> Did you find you had to fight for wanting to do realism in school or was that just something you did uh, you did it you just did it anyway or how did that work for you? I think I compromised a little bit. Uh I mean they definitely were in support of realism. I just like you have two weeks to finish right. four projects and you can't really dedicate that much time. Uh, I think it it helped me learn how to kind of imply realism, which in the end is is a great skill to have. So there were there were pros and cons cons for sure. Um, so let's go into since we are talking about this year's competition, which will be on the fifteenth and sixteenth of September, correct? At Drake University in Des Moines. So how did you go about? your subject selection for this year and what played into like the species you selected? I always look at the species that are eligible and I always think if I were to win with one of these species, which, you know, I want to win with a species that's popular and that has broad appeal because it, it definitely helps if you do, if you are lucky enough to be selected by the judges, it helps a lot with print sales. And I always think, you know, if I were to win with a species that isn't very popular, it would be still a great thing to win it. But in the end, you know, a lot of people aren't maybe when I won the first time with the model duck, a lot of people had no idea what that duck species even was. It was it's they're very region specific in Texas and Louisiana, uh, in Florida. And most people thought it was either a hen mallard or a black duck. Now, because of my age and some of those elements, I still sold quite a few prints, but I, I guarantee there's still people to this day who don't know what that species is that own the print. So it's just uh, one of those things that I kind of think about. So I always try to pick a popular species. And there were some good species this year that were available, uh, species that we have here in South Dakota um, and species that I have a lot of reference on. Uh, the funny thing is, is I was really planning. I had an idea in my head of what I want to try to paint. And I ended up getting injured this spring, I was going to go out and try to get the reference for what I wanted to paint. And, and it's a lot of work. I mean, it's like duck hunting, but harder because you got to really worry about sunlight. You, It's more than just getting the birds into shotgun range, like duck hunting. It's, it's getting birds in, into maybe within 20 yards, um, on the ground where they're comfortable. They don't know you're there. So that means deploying a full ghillie suit uh, face mask, laying on the ground, maybe getting bit by mosquitoes or other things. I mean, it's just, it's, it, you know, we're laying on ice, which is also sometimes the case here, uh, as, as our spring lasts a while or our winter, I should say lasts in the spring quite a while, but that was actually my downfall this year because I was, uh, in my daughter, my daughter has a big aviary and cause she also loves waterfowl and ducks and, uh, has won the federal junior duck stamp contest three times now. But she had, she was trying to dewinterize her aviary, which there's a lot involved because, you know, all winter is just a huge battle trying to keep open water and everything else. But I walked in there and was, I picked up a log to move it. And there were underneath the mud was still some ice. And I slipped on that and fell on the log and cracked my ribs. And it was, I mean, I almost couldn't even walk. Uh, I hobbled back to the house went to the hospital. Um, but I, I really was like laid up for about a month, right? When spring, like that prime time for photographing was, was coming on. I, I did manage to photograph some of my daughter's ducks in her aviary. And that's what I actually ended up using for reference. So I still got the reference 
but they were actually for aviary ducks. So thank God for that. <laughs> so I guess that really kind of made your choice of what species you were going to do. For sure. I mean, I, I know people who drove, you know, a, halfway across the country to get their reference and went to other aviaries to, you know, people that had birds that are difficult to keep and photograph their reference. And, you know, the other thing, though, is, is uh, you're supposed to keep your species selection and really you you really want your artwork to be unanimous in the contest. So I always work very hard to not let the cat out of the bag. So you can try to pry, but I won't tell you what I painted. <laughs> so, I'll just guess. <laughs> you might be able to guess, but a lot of people can. You know, you can look at the entries. I mean, I can I can generally pick out most of the artists that I pay attention to their work and uh everyone kind of has their own unique style, but yeah. And I guess in the name of fairness in the contest and so the judges couldn't ever find out, you know, that kind of thing. It's uh, it's something I've always done. And and so it, it is always kind of a surprise, like for everyone to go online when they post the entries and and see. And it's interesting. I'll get people that will write to me and say, is yours number 142? And I'll look at it and like, no, that's not my so not everyone can tell, but it a lot of people can usually guess it. So I guessed your widgeon. I knew I knew that was yours. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, uh I'm quite the opposite in that way. Like it's it's controversial for me to document my process. So well, okay. It's funny that you said that about the model duck because that was part of the reason why I chose the model duck last year, because I liked how it People didn't know who it was or what it was. And I've had so many people also show me the mallard hens that they see. And they're like, I can't believe I found a model duck. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. It's not a model duck. <laughs> but I partially chose that because you won uh, You won with that in 2000, 2001, around 1999. That was the year I was born. And I just thought that was really nice. And I liked the species. So I chose them. I don't think I choose as... Like, I don't think about the future too much, probably to my detriment. I Since I haven't entered that many times, I kind of just go with the species that I really like because I figure it's probably going to be a long time if I till I win sometime. So I might as well, like, be passionate about the species and make a painting that I would really just like to do. So this year is people know that I've chosen the pintail because they've watched me paint it. Uh, and I think it's won like five times already. So maybe, well, it's a popular duck. Maybe it would win again. Maybe it wouldn't because it has won that many times. But pintails have always just been one of my favorites. So I just went with that, even though it they might be looking for something else this year. I last year was able to buy a nice camera for the first time, which was really exciting. And now I get to go out and take my own reference photos they are definitely not perfect at this point because it is a whole art within itself that I have to learn and improve on. Uh, but I was able to travel. I'm from Minnesota and I was able to go to Washington, Oregon, where they are pretty much year round. And I got to see pintails up close and take their photo. And that was an amazing experience. And that will definitely play a role in what I'm able to pick uh, in future years if I'm able to to go and do that. Yeah. Um, and pintails are I mean, just as a hunter, like they are popular. They're yeah. probably one of the more popular breeds out there. Um, and you never know because the judges are different. So you don't know yeah. what you're going to get and what they're looking for. Or it's always, I always find that uh, part of the competition really interesting of like the criteria of how they choose judges and oh, they kind of yeah. come from so many backgrounds. Um, like some will have art backgrounds, some will just have a biology background which is really interesting. So, uh, yeah, it's an interesting way because you have no idea what you're going to get. And they try to keep that pretty close too. So you don't know who the judges are going to be. Mm -hmm. Adam, this question's for you. Um, since you went, when did you win? 2001? Was that was your first one? It was 2000. 2000. Yeah, it was actually a 99 contest. It was the 2001 federal okay. camp. And you were 19, correct? A 21. 21. Okay. Yeah. So... Okay, my question for you is, since you've been doing this since you're 21, how has your strategy 
to winning the competition changed over those years? Yeah, I, I guess that my strategy, I mean, when I first started off, I mean, I always wanted to try to paint whatever I thought the most most attractive species, most popular species was. For me personally, yeah, I always try to think of what what duck can I paint in such a way that it's going to show to where it can be a better painting, a better species than what other people are going to be able to come up with. Because in the end, I personally kind of wish it was just a one species contest, but they always have it where it's like five species. Well, you get preference, right? You get preferences for maybe this duck or that duck and among the judges. And I've even heard judges make comments before that, you know, hey, could you tell I wanted pintails to win? Or I really liked the the duck they had, the ducks that had the pretty green or the pretty red, you know, that kind of a comment. And it's like, okay, well, I mean, that's nice. And I understand that. But at the same time, you really have to judge the paintings as equally as you can and keep those biases, you know, aside. Because the, if the artist knew that one of the judges had a preconceived bias against a species, they probably wouldn't have painted it. And so, but they... It's an eligible species, so that that really shouldn't play a factor, but unfortunately it does. I know that, um, well, like one of the most popular duck species is wood duck. Uh, wood ducks are beautiful, arguably one of the prettiest ducks in all of North America. And I know that some people don't like them because they have a red eye and it like freaks them out. <laughs> they just don't like their kind of wood duck. So, uh, you know, it's it's those little things that I always think about when I'm, when I'm going to do a painting, like, like the Northern shoveler, people call them Hollywood or smiling ballers, different, different nicknames for them. They're a beautiful duck, beautiful color, beautiful contrast. They have a yellow eye, which I think is really neat. It looks very wild to me, but they have this big bill, this big, heavy bill. And I think it's super cool. Uh, my daughter even has some in her aviary and I love them. They're one of my favorite ducks that she has. But when you have people judging a contest that don't know the duck species, which you would think that they all should, but that's not a lot of times the case. And so if you have judges that don't even know the duck species and they suddenly see this duck with this huge schnoz, right? They they look at it and they're like, what the heck is that? Like, I'm not going to vote for that. That's That's weird. And it looks weird if you don't know the ducks. But once you learn the ducks, it's like you grow to love those little things that make them unique and different. Um, and so I guess for me, I, you know, I take all of that into account. I always just try to think what's going to have the best broad appeal. What's a popular species? What duck do I think can beat another duck? Right. And for what reasons? I mean, is it a better, just a better, more normal anatomy, better color, better contrast, more widely known. I mean, all of those things play into my head. So for me, it's not just about trying to win the contest. Uh, and I don't know that it's ever been. I mean, I've always taken into account what species do I think has the best chance of winning among the species that are eligible. The first year I won with the model duck, uh, the black scoter was also eligible. Those were the two last ducks that had never been featured on the federal duck stamp. And so you could say that it was like the contest between the ugly ducks, right? And the only way they were able to put the black scoter on was to have it all by itself one year. Because they're like, okay, we really want to have all of the species at least featured once. And it, I mean, they just couldn't beat anything else. Like the black scoter, it just doesn't have the contrast. And I mean, it's not to say that it couldn't if the painting was done correctly, but it hadn't up till that point. So um, I chose the model duck because I thought, well, more people know what a mallard is. And it looks more like a hen mallard or a black duck. So I thought maybe it has a better chance than the black scoter just because of that. And so... And I, I guess I ended up choosing wisely that year because it did win. But uh, I made the painting more about the light on the bird than the bird itself, because the bird itself is just a brown duck, not overly exciting color wise. They do have a, a beautiful blue speculum. The drakes have a nice yellow bill. They have the orange feet. And it was actually the second time I had painted modeled ducks. Um, I had painted them my the first year that I entered the contest and came in 16th place with it. So, but I, yeah, I ended up revising how I thought about what this painting should look like. And yeah, you know, like I said, I decided to make it all about the lighting. And actually it was a hen blueing teal on a South Dakota marsh that inspired that idea because they're also a drab kind of colored duck. And I watched this hen blue wing raise up and flap her wings on the water. And the way the light was coming through the feathers, I just remember thinking, wow, like that's so beautiful that could make any duck look good. And so that's how I kind of came up with 
that idea. But anyways. I have a question. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember if any Scoters made it in the top five that year? Or was it all model ducks? Yes. No, I think the the runner up by Terry Doughty was a black scoter. So uh I mean they're you know, they're and I think they're a beautiful duck, but they're they're all black, but they have like a yellowy orange knob on the top of their bill. They're beautiful, but the eye gets lost because the eye is dark. They're just very dark. And so it really has to be about kind of like the model duck, it has to be about more than just the duck. Uh, you know, and I think that the judges just had a problem overall with it just because they're so dark. It just doesn't look like a duck like they're used to seeing when they take a walk in the park or, you know, I mean, it's it's a sea duck, so they're not real widespread, um, although they do show up throughout the U.S. on occasion, you know, on bigger lakes and things. So, uh, but most people don't know what they are. Right. So, so I interviewed uh, Jerome Ford and Susan Fellows, probably, this is right after the duck stamp release. And they mentioned now, they did not confirm this. This is, don't, like, I don't want any of the audience to think this is like going to happen because it was not. But they were saying that since then, you know, the Scoter was the last, but since then we now have the cackling geese and that the cackler has not been on the stamp yet. So, and I and I asked about um, it. Definitely will make its way. I think come in the next few competitions. I think they're going to try, but I don't know. I did ask if they would do just a cackler competition. So it wasn't off the table, but they have they they might consider just to get the last species out. But a cackler would be good, though. I could see where I never thought about this when you were talking, Adam, about. The oddity of a duck being a problem for because they don't know either their duck species, like maybe they just have an art background, they don't know the duck species. You kind of have to have both in a way because the cackler, which the Canada goose has always done really well. It's been, I don't know how many stamps it's been on, but the cackler is almost funny because it has that short little bill. So it almost looks a little funny to someone who doesn't know what it is. So yeah, I mean, if they judges that know that species, then it would be fine, you know, and yeah. I think that's kind of what has to happen because otherwise, I mean, and if that's all that's eligible, then that's, you know, then that's, I think, not a big deal because I think they would be forced to know that that's the species and they would probably research the species a little bit, or at least I would hope so, and know that that's how they look. I personally love cackling geese. And and the other thing is, is there's, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's like several subspecies. I know we have the Richardsons here. And so I don't know if they would pick one specific type of cackling goose, but I know that our Richardsons that we get here are incredible. I mean, they're so tiny. Out, out on hunting type outings, we actually shot one and we had a Drake Mallard also, and it was smaller than the Drake Mallard. Oh, wow. And I think people don't understand just how tiny that it can, they can be. It's it's really unbelievable how small. It's really, they're neat to see. And that little stubby bill is so cute. Um, I'm actually working on... Uh, painting, if I can ever get back to it, I have it started, that will have cack Richardson's cackling goose in the painting. And because I love some of these other species that we get through through our area. So, uh, and if I do get it done, I'm planning on submitting it to DU. So maybe at some point, uh, some of the listeners will be able to see that down the road, but it's going to take a little time because I got really pretty backed up here with uh, commissions and some other work. So, um, but yeah, it's on the on the roster. So, yeah, there's quite a few. You're right. There are a few subspecies um, that I wonder. I feel like most people know of the ones out west. I feel like they're probably the most ubiqu ubiquitous. Um, but I don't know. That would be interesting if they pick a sub. Have they, have they ever picked a subspecies of a? I don't think so. Even on the year that like white fronted goose was eligible, I don't know if they specified greater. I'm trying to remember. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't know how into the weeds they get on that that stuff but uh it would be helpful if they specified though because like i said the some of the different subspecies of cackling geese do look quite a bit different and so I, I, like i like i was saying my the, us having the richardsons here uh i kind of have a preference towards them because i think they look closer color wise and marking wise to a regular canada goose just like super shrunk down i just think they're super cute to the anatomy and I, I really like them that's why I want to do this this painting if I can get back to it so well maybe they'll be in the list next year I don't know but they said <laughs> that's the one they're missing now so wow and they want all of them done so yeah so it probably will show up probably in the next few years at least 
Stay tuned to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, after these messages. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. y'all get to put any input like do you ever get to say like for example like oh it'd be really helpful if they, you told us what subspecies does artists get any sort of like do y'all get to give any feedback at all i've talked to suzanne fellows and um some of the past duck stamp competition chiefs of the program and i don't know that they are really that <laughs> i know I've, i mentioned before about you know it would really help the artists a lot if it was just a one species contest because otherwise you're comparing apples to oranges to peaches and pears, I mean, however you want to word it. And they, their response to me was, well, one species, a one species contest would just be so boring. And I'm thinking, all right, well, you know, I, yeah. So I, I don't, I've had other suggestions about like um, ways that the artwork was displayed for the judges, right? They always used to have these really nice display cases that were all lit, individually lit. Um, all the paintings were displayed in two to three rows at eye level, uh, as close to eye level as they could have them. And it was really nice. And they changed that now. They have like these carpet walls and they have some paintings down, I mean, almost to the floor and then some up high. The high ones glare the lights. The ones close to the floor are hard to see. And so I've had some comments about the contest as far as like what species they pick. I mean, other than I'd like to see it be a single species thing, it, it, it's, uh, I mean, I really am okay. I, I love all of the waterfowl. So, you know, if they picked some kind of sea duck or whatever, I mean, if if it was what everyone had to paint that year, then that's just what it would be. And, you know, it would, I mean, I would be concerned about this could beat that or, you know, that kind of a thing. Because, um, I mean, in, even even amongst a single species, you, you, still, you still have those thoughts of, well, are the judges more likely to want to pick a bird on the water or a bird standing or a bird in the air diving underwater? I've seen that before. I mean, there's there's a lot of things you can do, a lot of directions you can take it. But, you know, in the end, you only get to do one entry. So you you, you want to take a gamble, but you want to play it safe a little bit and try to think of what's going to make a good design that's going to look good small. I kind of have like a checklist in my head for what what a duck stamp what a good looking duck stamp should be or could be. Um, and I mean, you try to make something unique and different still, but there's kind of a formula that you have to deploy that, you know, has to do with contrast, color, design. It, it's it's the things that make a strong piece of artwork. And um, the duck stamp contest is more of an illustration competition than just like a fine art competition. So, because they want the duck species shown well shown 
in its best light. Uh, the the guy that used to run the program, Bob Lacino, years ago, the one who was the chief of the Duck Stamp program the time I won, um, the first time I won the contest, he told us, I was at it with a group of other artists. He said, you want to think of like, uh, like Ken and Barbie on Malibu Beach uh, with the sun blowing through their hair, you know, like, like that's kind of how you want to think of it because that's really what you want to show is you want to show that species in the best possible light. And he had a number of other checklist things. He, he said, you don't want to show the back of the bird too much. Uh, you don't want the ducks like back to the judges, right? You don't want green, a bunch of green in the background because that's kind of like not the right time of year. He, all of these different things. And I'm looking at my, my entry that had not won yet, right, for the contest. And I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> because first time with the model duck, I had the back to the judges. I had green background because they are a southern duck. So I thought it made more sense to have the green color. All of these things that he said not to do, I did. But yeah, when he saw it, he said, that could win. And I said, yeah, but I'm breaking all the rules. He's like, yeah, but he said you did it in such a way that it still looks really good. So so I don't know. I don't know. You just don't. In the end, you, you do what you think is best and you just go for it. So Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So that was really good. Kira, I also want you to be able to ask Adam anything. So if you have a question, feel free to like... Oh, yeah. Go in. Yeah. I just want to, I wanted to say I've been such a fan of yours for so long. Your canvas backs that one have been like my top favorite of the winners for a long time. So it's just cool to even talk to you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I did. I was, uh, I was wondering when the weird, the years that you have won, did you think you were going to win or do you like, do you get a feeling like, oh, I think this one is it? Or are you always surprised? I usually know if it's a good entry. Yeah. Like I think, okay, this is a pretty good entry. Like I think, I think this will stand up well against other good entries. Uh, but I, you know, I, I never, never, ever think, oh, I've got it this year. Okay. I mean, I just, you just, you just can't think that even if you, even if you look at your painting and you think, well, I don't know what someone else could do that would beat this. Even if you think that yeah. it's still, it's a contest with five, random <laughs> judges that you just have no idea which way they're going to go. I mean, you could have, you could, ha there's years that a painting might win the contest. And I always think like, if you held that same contest with those same paintings over with five different judges, a hundred different times, how many times would that same painting actually end up winning the contest? Yeah. And sometimes you think, I don't know that it would, you know, but there's years that I think, yeah, I mean, that one would probably have won 80 or 90% of the time. Right. I mean, there's there's years that it's like, yep. I mean, I can look through the entries and say, uh oh, that one's really good. Yeah. And 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 then it's then you're kind of scared. You're <laughs> like, oh, you know, well, I hope one of those judges really likes, you know, something about what I did versus something that they did. I don't know if the audience or if you guys have watched the documentary, The Million Dollar Duck. Uh, we have. But Bob, <laughs> Bob had a really good Mallard entry that year. And I, I really liked it. And I thought, uh oh that's going to have a good chance, you know? And I, I was really nervous about that painting going up against that painting with, with mine. And, but in the first round, one of the judges voted him an out, which kind of means they don't even think it's good enough to be in the contest. Right. Yeah. And then, uh, he ended up not scoring that well in the final round. He, he still made it, you know, into the final round. And I just think how in the world could that painting which he basically reworked it and ended up winning with it a number of years later. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I, I think like how in the world did that painting, was that not like at least the runner up to the one that I did? I was excited to, to win that year, but it was, it was a really good entry. And uh, I know that one of the judges said that they, they liked the ones with the pretty red. Mm. And I did a canvas back that had a beautiful reddish colored head. Yeah. And, he did a mallard that didn't have the pretty reds. And so apparently that was probably the big blow, I guess, to his painting. So no, you just can't ever go into it thinking that I've got this. Oh, yeah, I no. mean, you, you know, I like to go into it maybe thinking, you know, I might be in the top 10, something like that. But beyond that, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. So <laughs> I've I've always found myself surprised at what the judges prefer. And I very sadly have never been able to go to a contest because I started entering when COVID happened. 
And so they were all online. So I feel I'm so novice because even just hearing you talk about the contest, my only reference to it was the documentary. So that's like what I picture. But like just talking to other people there and I can't like I haven't seen anyone's painting in person. And that that has felt so hard because you can learn so much by looking at other people. So I'm so excited to go this year and just experience what people are thinking, the different choices that they make, the details and everything. I have always been surprised by what the judges like. And I guess I've never considered even down to the bias of not liking what a species looks like. Because my my twin sister is also entering, um, chose the Harlequin duck. And people have been like, oh, well, the proportions are so weird. Like, that can't be right. I was like, they're just, they're awkward ducks to begin with. I They got, but aren't they so cute? They, they do have the nice red color, but but they look so weird. Uh, there's just so much to consider. Yeah. Crazy. Well, and, and I will say this, if I give my cover, I will say this about going to the contest. So I can't stand it. Oh, yeah. I, I sit there. And actually, if you watch the documentary, you can probably see the look you on look my face. Terrified. I was not going to go. Oh. Uh, I, I actually the 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 guy who was filming the putting the movie together, right? He came and filmed myself and a number of other artists, followed us around as we got reference and uh worked on our paintings. And he wanted me to come to the contest. And I had told him no. I said no. I said, I I, I said, I've been to the contest before. I said, I can't, I can't stand watching it because it is so stressful. The judging sometimes is so bad. Even in years where I wasn't in it, right? Because, like, as the winner, you're supposed to go to the following year's contest to um, to talk and that kind of thing. And so I had gone, and I mean, you feel like sometimes standing up and yelling, "Stop! Stop the contest! <laughs> this can't be right. We gotta, we gotta switch out some judges or something." So it it's hard to go and watch the paintings that you know people poured their heart and soul into, and the judges is taken out, you know, out, out, and they flip these cards up. Or they give a really low score, like one or two, and it's like, and that's a good painting. Like, what is happening? Like, like this, this has to be someone needs to put a stop to this. Or so, so it's hard to sit there and watch the contest. And when you're in the contest, it's even more stressful because now you're watching that painting that you worked on come up, and you're starting to have doubts about it. You know, should I have darkened this or lightened that or added more color in this or should i have done the birds in flight as opposed to the birds on the water uh, all of those thoughts come in uh yeah so i ended up only going to the contest the year of the documentary because the film director said that he, he said well i you know we filmed he said i really would like it to try to have all the artists who we filmed there and he said what if i what if i paid for your travel expenses and everything and i'm like I know. And you know, my, I, I grew up in Ohio, so my parents are there. And I thought, well, I guess if nothing else, I could visit with my parents, you know, a little bit and everything. But it was, it was still very hard. But I, afterwards, I told him he doesn't owe me anything, and I thanked him for getting me to come to the contest because it was such a cool thing to actually be there on a year that I won. That's so. incredible. <laughs> so I have a question about like being there in person. So how much of the judging are you, do you witness? Is there, do you witness every round or just? Yeah, every round. Uh, the parts you don't witness are when the judges are, they're given time to examine the paintings by themselves privately. And so, you know, you don't always know what kind of things, you know, are happening. Like, you know, did they get a good look at my painting? Did they, you, you, cause you're not seeing that part when, when the judging actually is happening live in the studio or in the audience, you know, with the audience, they're watching the painting comes up and they'll announce the number and they'll hold that painting up for about like three or four seconds in front of each judge. I've seen the judges completely change their mind on a painting. I actually had a painting one year that got voted out in the first round which means at least three judges voted it out, which which means they must not have really liked it. And then I ended up coming in fourth place in the contest overall. So they drastically changed their minds. I, I have to think it's when they got a better look at it. Like maybe it was down display low to the ground or something and they didn't see it well. And that's why they didn't, you know, have it. Maybe they didn't have it on their sheet and notes. And so it's always confusing how that could even happen. Actually, Scott Storm one year, uh, did a beautiful painting and 
he ended up getting voted out in the first round. And then his painting ended up coming back to win the whole contest. I do know, I don't know if y'all know this, that the judges can pull something back. Like one judge can yeah. have a, like, I think it needs to keep going. Yeah, th yeah, thank you for adding that. Right, so a painting can get voted out, but each judge I think is allowed to pull back up to like five paintings back in. So if, if a painting you really like got voted out, you could say, well, I think that should should go on to the next round. And you can pull it back in uh, to the, to, for the second round. Now, once it get, gets voted out in the second round, you can't. It's just out. But it's it's amazing that a painting could have the majority of judges that opposed to it and yet come back to win because in order to win that contest you're going to have to be pulling you know fours or fives for from most of the judges or you're not going to win so that's a heck of a turnaround in scoring i don't know how that can happen <laughs> but i you know, i mean it makes sense if you say like the lighting or the positioning of the first display isn't right because that makes a huge difference right if you have poor lighting and or it's down on the ground and the, how many are they looking at? It's marketing 101. I mean, that's why, you know, in the in the grocery store, I mean, they have things displayed right at eye level. And, and companies can pay to get those better positions. Um, you know, so, I, yeah, I mean, it, it does make a big difference. Um, I'm sure... I'm sure it makes a difference in the, in the contest. Now, if you make it past the first round, they'll take the paintings that moved on and they'll display those on the, the board it's better, right? It's there because there's less paintings and now they can actually fit them all on uh, at a better height and everything. And that's how I kind of explain in my mind what I think happened, that a painting could go from being outed in the first round to moving on and actually winning the first, you know, first place. So, or at least coming in with a high score in the, in to finish. So, yeah. Yeah. And you have to also, how many people are in the first round? How many paintings are in the first round? It's usually around 200. That's a lot of painting. It's quite a few. Yeah. <laughs> so I can see yeah. where just the fatigue of going through that, like looking at 200 paintings, and if one's down low or one has bad lighting, it just gets lost. Yeah, that can happen. I mean, for sure. You know, if, if there's a lot of something to look at, and there's, there's some that are really prominent, like right at eye level, I mean, they're definitely going to get more notice and attention. And the other thing is, is, you know, it's not maybe easy for some people to get down on the floor to really look at a painting that's displayed low. So, I mean, it's, yeah, you know, so it, it's got to, that's why your painting has to work well up close and far away. It's got to have all of the good design elements, the good color, good contrast. It just has to be attractive. And I've heard other people describe it as like, like a postcard, right? It's got to look like a postcard almost where, something that's that's going to have broad appeal to a mass audience. Can you imagine looking at 200 scoters? That's all I can think about when you said that. That's a lot of blackbirds right there. That's all I can think about when you said that. I was like, man, that, that year they had 200 scoters to look at. It's so really amazing to see how differently all of the artists portray. So, so there is a really neat element to that. Even like this year with some of the species eligible, there will be a lot of uh, pintails. There will be a lot of you know, some of the other species that are are in there because they're you know harlequins and I mean they're beautiful ducks. Uh, I think you know scup are eligible and so there's there's a lot of really pretty ducks. Snow geese are also in there and so when you have beautiful birds like that, the way that people choose to portray those beautiful birds is so diverse and interesting to look at. So even if it was 200 snow geese in the contest, I mean they're a white bird. White birds are beautiful when painted in color. And mm -hmm. I just think it, it would be kind of cool to see how everybody would choose to do that. So, um, yeah. 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 White birds are the opposite of the black bird. It's, they are. Yeah. yeah. I mean, not just the white and black, but I don't think people who aren't artists realize how much color is in a white bird. Yeah. Depending on the lighting, I mean, you can have yellows, oranges, pinks, tans, purples, blues, you know, I mean, you have the reflected light off of the bright area down here that reflects light into the shadow. So you can get all kind of beautiful form and color. Uh, it, it, it's really, yeah, really remarkable. It's funny that you guys say that. I did a a news, a local news interview once, and we talked for like half an hour at least. And I, I, it was the year I was entering uh, Ross's Goose, and they asked me why I chose it, and I said, oh, I the white, because I love white uh, with the sunset. It's so fun to paint. And I said, 
I really love white animals. And they, <laughs> when they released it, they cut just that sentence out and put it with no context on either side so that it's, they say something about me and it cuts to me and I say, I really love white animals. And then that's it. And now that's a running joke, but truly they're just, it is, it's really rewarding to paint white animals. <laughs> I like all animals of all color. Oh, yes. I just want to put that. I do. I would also like to try the black scone. <laughs> um, Adam, I, before we like wrap up, I do want to ask you, um, one more thing about, so when does your daughter get to enter yeah. the federal duck stamp? Well, she can enter the adult ju- or the the federal junior contest one more time. Okay. Then I guess she can't enter the adult contest. You have to be 18 right. as of know, some specific date in June. And I have no idea why that is. Her birthday's in July, right? So the contest deadline is always August 15th for the adult contest. Uh, so I'm actually not sure why the June date matters. You know, like why it just isn't that you have to be 18 by the time you enter. Uh, but because of that, she won't be able to enter this upcoming year. She, she just turned 17 this July. So, wow. so I think she's still like a couple years out from being able to do it. But, uh, cause I, you know, someone had said something like, well, she could maybe win the junior and the adult in the same year. And it's like, yeah, no, she does have, I, I, I will say this, her paintings keep getting better. I mean, I actually have her junior next year, um, the one that she won with this last time sitting right here. Wow. Um, yeah. And incredible incredible i mean you know the first time she won the contest it was like a total shock i mean i just couldn't believe that they picked it 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 wasn't even i mean i looked at all the junior entries and she didn't have the worst uh as far as the best shows from this i didn't think it was the best i mean but i wasn't a judge and when they picked her her painting i was just like they picked madison i just couldn't believe it and uh i was i was shocked and and uh, when she entered the next time, she didn't enter again for, for years because there was controversy. People didn't believe she painted it and all of this stuff. And she was really, it, it damaged her. She was very upset about how she was treated and how her family was treated and everything. So she didn't want to enter. I, but I told her, I'm like, you know, you've really got a lot of ability. I said, you should really consider doing another entry. And so she she did the wood duck painting and I thought it was a lot better than the one she won with when she was, you know, y- y- years younger. And she won the whole contest again. And I just, I could, I mean, it was much more deserved, but I just couldn't believe because I know like how these contests are. Like, you just can't, even if you have the best painting in the contest, it doesn't mean anything, right? You, you may, you may win or you may not even finish. So, um, and then with this Greenwing Teal painting she did recently, uh, I was like, wow, like, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's paintings out there that could beat it, but I don't know what, because for the junior contest, like that's a pretty good painting. And so now I'm thinking about, well, she'll have probably a good chance of winning again if she does another entry because I'm, she's just getting better. But then I'm thinking like, well, when she can enter the adult contest, that may not be good for me. (laughs) So like, "Hmm, I don't know how much I want her in the adult contest. So uh, but I am excited for her. Like I said, she she has such a passion for waterfowl. And uh, I, I don't know, she probably has 150 ducks wow. right outside right now, all different species. I mean, beautiful green-winged teal, like the one she did her painting from, uh, widgeon, canvasback, redheads, golden knot. I mean, it, she's got all of these beautiful ducks. And they don't look so good yet, although the wood ducks are starting to come back into their good plumage. But uh yeah, it's it's a pretty amazing thing to go and just sit in her aviary and enjoy the birds. So, yeah, so oh, I hope she beats you one day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll bring her on the podcast that day. <laughs> um, so one thing I wanted to ask that we just kind of skipped over. Um, so how long, just for our audience, how long from when you get the species until you said August fifteenth? How long do you have to enter? They they put the species list out way yeah, ahead of like time. Yeah, three, two, two or three years tentative species list. Okay. We know what species are supposed to be eligible next year. Now they could change it. So like you mentioned, the captive goose, they have done that before, where they said, you know what, we're just going to have it be this, and and it kind of can throw things off. I mean, I remember one year I had great pintail reference, and I was really excited about doing. I had this whole painting planned out with this reference that I had gotten. I had this whole painting planned out. I was going to paint. And then 
they ended up changing the species and pintails were no longer to be eligible. And I remember thinking, what do I do? And so I ended up painting that painting for the Ohio duck stamp contest and ended up winning that uh, with that design and with that reference. But yeah, I mean, artists, I don't know that if the duck stamp office realized, but artists are sometimes working years in advance to get reference planning things out for future years. So, okay. So if that's the case, if they could change it, when do you actually start putting like, yeah, like pen to paper, so to speak? Because I mean, I know you're doing the reference material that far in advance, but when do you like, you don't want to go too far down the road and they change it on you. So when do you really start? I'm a procrastinator, but I, I do get like really excited right after the contest ends. Like I, I want to be thinking about it the whole year. I'll make sketches just just to throw things out there for a long time. Uh, I should start earlier on the painting aspect, though. I know that I, I struggle with that. So I, I usually start right after the spring migration because I always think, well, you know, yes, I'm going into this year thinking I'm going to paint this species and I have good reference for it. But I always think, well, let me see what I get reference-wise this spring, because I try to go out and photograph every spring. And you never know when God puts something in front of you that you had no plans on. And that happened one year with the gadwall. I was out photographing, and I I forget what species I was planning on painting for that year. Uh, Gadwall were one of the eligible species, but they're extremely complicated patterning, beautiful duck, but not a lot of color, not a lot of contrast. And I was in this little gilly blind thing I had made up photographing, and this Drake uh, gadwall came walking right up into this shallow area right in front of me, stood in the water in this really shallow little puddle, and started preening. And it was like he was posing in the sunlight. It was so beautiful. And I thought, well, I feel like I'm meant to paint this bird. Like, like this, this is, seems so staged. The way that it all played out, like this had to be some kind of divine uh you know purpose here that that i'm supposed to paint this duck and so i painted it and ended up coming in second place that year in the federal it actually was in first place until the final round when i lost by one point so uh you know so i mean you just don't really know in the end but i always wait i always wait because i think what if i get some reference picture that just is way better than anything i've been planning on um like I said, that didn't really happen this year with <laughs> being laid up for a month. Yeah. So June is, yeah. I guess, when I would usually start. Me too. Do you think that's typical? Like, do you think most artists are starting giving that two months? I don't know. Most artists are are very bad procrastinators. <laughs> I mean, they. It's. I mean, I I know a lot of different artists, and most of them are like right up against the deadline. Uh, my I have a good friend, uh, Tim Taylor, who he's in the documentary also. So. Some people might be familiar with him. He was working on his entry, and he is usually so bad about putting it off and cutting it to the last possible minute that he will actually look up and see what time is does the post office close and like where is the latest <laughs> possible post office? Like would sometimes drive past other closer post offices that close early and go to like. There was a post office at the airport and he would drive to that one because it closed at like eight or nine o'clock, but he cut it so close. He almost had to speed the whole way. I mean, it was like, he was pressed for time. Uh, and I, I think he still didn't make it. And I think he got him to open up, like back up. Of course we're in South Dakota, uh. so that's different here, but I think they actually opened back up for him and took his painting. And had they not, he would not have won the California duck stamp contest that year. So that's how, Badly, some put it off. <laughs> so <laughs> I have done that. I've I've driven to an airport post office. You know, I just I, yeah. I need a deadline. <laughs> like I I just do. I know that I do. So I do. St- I do view the when when you can start submitting is like oh I should probably paint then I should probably get to this. <laughs> I usually have the painting done about a month early. That's smart. Or I I I say done with air quotes because. I like to have time to revisit it. And I usually do end up working back into it after a couple of weeks and making some changes and everything. But I, I at least feel like once it's done to that level, I feel like, well, if I die and someone sends it in for me, 
I really do think like, well, at least I have something done that could be sent in. So <laughs> that's true. Kara, this is a question for you, but then Adam, I'm going to swing it to you too. But <laughs> since your sister, your twin did it this year, is this the first it year is. she's entered? It is. Okay. So well, how was that for you? Like, did y'all get to like, the only reason I asked this because I interviewed Jim Hotman and I was talking about what it's like for the three oh, yeah. brothers and how they critique each other. So do you get to do that with each other since you're... As for sure. Being, I mean, if you're as twins, it's worse than being just regular sisters. <laughs> I think we we work horribly for like working on the same project, but we work great for constructive criticism. And I, the Hoven brothers, it is incredible that they're all that talented and that they have the opportunity to give po- feedback so that they can prove it. It it was she is not as passionate about the duck stamp or realism in general. She has more of an illustrative background. So Adam, when you did say that the it does being illustrative is very handy in this competition. Like she laid out a composition so much faster than I did. And I was like, oh, wow, like well, I, now I need to change something on mine because I, I didn't even think to approach it that way. So that just that has been incredibly helpful this year. Uh, my wife is also an artist. My family is in, has an artistic background. So <laughs> my family gets annoyed because I do procrastinate and I have and I really just cram it at the end and I'm like, oh my God, please look at this duck for the 80th time today and tell me something that I don't see and that I, I can't do it anymore. But uh, my sister, Kess, she, we're really good at just knowing what each other needs. So that that was that was a really fun experience for me. So my question for you, Adam, is now that Madison's getting so good, does she criticize you now? <laughs> <laughs> because I ask everybody their opinion. Actually, if you watch on the documentary, you even see me ask the my wife and, and daughters at the time. And they're little in, the, in that film. It's amazing it's been that many years ago already. Um, <clears throat> I value kind of everybody's opinion, whether they know the birds really well or whether they don't even know the duck species, because that's sometimes who the judges are. Mm-hmm. And so it it makes sense. Like you want it to have broad appeal to everyone. And sometimes the best criticism I get are from people that don't know the ducks, uh, because they're looking at it from a pers- different perspective than how I see it. Because I see it with all of the knowledge that I have of the birds, the anatomy, the habitat, uh, the behavioral stuff. And I might miss that, you know what? Yeah, but it's just not that attractive of a pose or of a species or, you know, those sorts of things. So, so personally, I, I ask everybody, I mean, you know, I, like I said, I keep my painting top secret, mm-hmm. right? I don't let, I keep, it's a very tight knit group. I mean, pretty much if the people are here. So my cousin and his wife live in the downstairs for temporary, the downstairs of my studio uh, house here. And they, so they're, they're here all the time. And so they would come up and see what I'm working on. And uh, I asked them, even before I started the painting, I asked them about my mock-up and what they thought of that. And it it's helpful just to get feedback from just basic people. They don't have to be an amazing award-winning artist. I like those opinions too, because not only might they tell you what they don't like, but they will tell you what they think might you have to might have to do to fix it, which can be very beneficial as well. But I just don't show it to that many people. So I I just try to take in what everyone that I do ask, what they say, and I think about it. And even if I don't maybe agree with their assessment, I might think about what I need to do to make it look better for them. Like maybe what they thought was wrong is just because the contrast is not right or something. All right. So before we go, because we've gone about an hour, which is usually what we do. So I want to ask you if you have anything y'all want to add about just what we've talked about so far or the upcoming competition, just anything that you we haven't talked about that you'd like to add. Well, I had I had a question if I could ask Adam. Yes, go. I just wanted to know what's been to you the most rewarding part about entering the com- competition, like not even winning, just like being a part of it. I guess it would be the friends that I've made, you know, the the connections. I mean, growing up, I looked at these other artists with such I put them up on a pedestal, I guess, in, in my mind. And, you know, most most kids are picking, I don't know, other other people to idolize, you know, when they're growing up, that kind of thing, whether it's professional athletes or whatever. 
for me, it was these wildlife artists. And I was, I still remember Bruce Miller's painting of a camas back and it was on the cover of a NRA magazine. And it, it had on there, it said what it takes to win the federal. And it had this article about Bruce Miller and his painting. And I remember looking at that painting. Cause it was, I've always seen like the stamps, but they're so small. And this had actually the, the image was pretty good size on the cover. And I just remember sitting there looking at that painting for, I don't know how long I got lost in it, I guess. And thinking, how could someone paint this? This is so incredible. And I just remember thinking, I I, I want to try to do this someday. And so uh, when I won the federal with the canvas back painting, I actually reached out to Bruce Miller and I told him, I said, you know, I feel kind of honored to win with the species that you did that inspired me so much to to stick with this and to try to compete in this competition. So, uh, but when I won the federal, it was really interesting because I went from these people that were up here on this pedestal that I, you know, could never even imagine getting to meet or talk to, to actually having some of them call me up to congratulate me. And uh, I still remember Robert Steiner called me up and um, talked to me about maybe publishing my first winning federal duck stamp and and just to get a phone call from robert steiner who is someone i had looked up to also for years it was just unbelievable i mean it, it really was uh a career making thing to win that that contest and and i still have those friendships with these people today and it's it's pretty incredible. I love that. And I do want, I want you to know that like for the younger generation now that are starting to enter, you are definitely one of those people that are, that we, that I idolize. <laughs> I, I get emails from people and they're asking me questions and I'm like, I don't know. Why are they asking me? It's so surreal, I guess, to have kind of achieved what I set out all those years ago to do. Mm-hmm. It's been a lot of work. I mean, oh, yeah. it's, it's not, it's, it doesn't come easy. It's, you know, I mean, you have to have, I think you have to have uh, uh, God-given talent, but if you don't develop it and put in that energy and effort, it's just going to sit there and go, go to waste. And so I've, I've just worked hard and try to continue to getting better, you know, getting better and uh, achieving what I'm trying to, the look I'm trying to go for. So Amazing. They, and I do want to say to go buy a duck stamp. I always try to end that for other people. Just go buy one. It's totally worth it. Absolutely. (laughs) And now you can get the, well, you should get the physical one, but now you can get the online (laughs) one and it lasts all of duck season for our duck hunter friends. And watch the live stream on September 15th and 16th. Absolutely. And I don't know if Kira has a website, but I do. If anyone wants to check that out, it's just my name with a .com after (laughs) adamgrim.com. It's pretty simple. You can find me and Contact me through that if you have any questions or interest in anything. Right, yeah, you too, Kira. Say your, what's your Instagram and all that? My Instagram, all my social medias are just my name, Kira Saban, maybe dot art. I do have a website called raspberrytoodle.com, which is kind of weird, but that's my website. I'll be posting any update. I have a lot of TikTok followers, so if anyone is on TikTok, you can see what I'm doing there. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you both. Thank you, Kira and Adam, for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you. This is actually really fun. We haven't done anything like this for the duck stamps. This is fun. So thank y'all both. Thanks to our producer, Chris Isaac. And thanks to you, our listeners, for supporting wetlands and waterfowl conservation. Thank you for listening to the DU Podcast, sponsored by Purina Pro Plan, the official performance dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Purina Pro Plan, always advancing. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit ducks.org slash DU Podcast. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. 
Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Mossy Oak has partnered with Ducks Unlimited to bring you Shadowgrass Habitat, the official camo of Ducks Unlimited. Shadowgrass Habitat pays homage to the first waterfowl-specific camo pattern ever made, Mossy Oak Shadowgrass, while incorporating the most realistic, digitally accurate images of the natural habitats that make up true waterfowl habitat. Mossy Oak is committed to conservation as its highest priority. With the launch of Mossy Oak Shadowgrass Habitat, Mossy Oak will continue funding habitat protection projects through our longtime partnership with Ducks Unlimited. Check out the new Shadowgrass Habitat pattern at mossyoak.com. Step into the world of Campus Waterfowl, a community that's shaping the future of the hunting industry. At Campus Waterfowl, we're more than just hunters. We're students. We're, students. we're conservationists. We're conservationists. With the next generation. the next generation. Join us as we highlight the dedication and commitment of young hunters nationwide. Visit CampusWaterfowl.com to become part of our story. Campus Waterfowl, the future of hunting starts here. We are the Ducks Unlimited Nation. United by our passion for hunting, the outdoors, and conservation. The habitats that Ducks Unlimited have been maintaining and building since 1937 have effects far beyond the duck hunting community. Follow along with our YouTube series as we tell your stories and become part of the Ducks Unlimited Nation. DU Nation. Take it outside. 